This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Well, hello and welcome to the In Demand Accountant with Sam Dean. Super excited to have you with us today, tonight or wherever you are. I hope everyone's keeping safe right now and those who are in lockdown around the world, please be safe and wear thinking of you, particularly obviously being in Australia, we're thinking of the Victorians right now as well as they battle this current challenge going forward. So today we're going to talk about the last characteristic or attribute in the in-demand accountant. And I think it's one of the ones that we struggle with the most, and that's the selling mindset. I want to really throw out, you know, a big idea to you. I think that the selling mindset is what actually makes our every day and what we do as accountants more profitable and comfortable. And that's one of the main reasons we need to develop it. Of course, as we go forward into the future, being an in-demand accountant and making sure that we stay relevant and valued, it's also extremely important. So when I talk about this, I'm talking about, do you ever struggle with the fact that it's you're not recovering some work and you are frustrated that you've talked to the client about it perhaps, but then, you know, when when you send a bill later on, they didn't know what it was. So we're going to drill down on this a bit more. And the selling mindset helps you stop that sort of stuff happening. It also helps you stop that feeling of undervaluing and that your work isn't valued, both from a monetary and a metaphoric point of view as well. So this is why this particular characteristic is so important and one of the reasons we're doing it last. It's also probably the mindset that I struggled with the most as well going forward. I didn't realize that I was struggling with it until we sort of created this, but it's certainly selling has been a block for me and it's either something I still work on constantly to this day, but it's so important that we're going to spend some time on it and put some framework around it for you. It's an interesting thing too, and when we were looking at this characteristic and what we actually could call it, because there's lots of attributes in it which we'll go through, I really struggled with actually calling it selling mindset because of how our mindsets actually work around the word selling and the word sales. And I know it's something I struggled with early on, and I think it's very much a word like we talk about in the early episodes advisory that has perhaps been not explored to the extent of what it actually means, what it means to us. And I know that, you know, I hear even now today from accountants and people that I work with, you know, I, I, I don't want to do the hard sell. I don't want to, you know, come across as a used car salesman or a, you know, snakeskin salesman. These sort of terms are still actually used today. 
But selling and the selling mindset is far beyond that. It's what we actually, you know, converse with. And it's not just about a moment in time and a transaction. It's how we approach everything that we do in in life. So we're going to explore that a little bit more. And we will excel at selling if we really work on our mindset around selling. So to further, you know, I want to talk about a bit of my story around selling and how I've actually developed my mindset around it over the last, and I'm going to say 10 to 15 years. What I didn't realize early in my career is that I really uh, valued tax and stuff. So when I actually came to discussing with clients and being able to engage sort of other work from tax and tax advisory, I actually did it kind of naturally. Now that I was very fortunate in that, but I didn't actually realize what I was doing. It was later on when I was working and stopped doing compliance work that I realized that perhaps selling was important and that was a real block for me. Now, the reason that we've never had to learn to sell before or it's not a big deal for us is, of course, because one of the reasons that we block with this, of course, is that one of the steps in the sales process is, of course, education and actually creating the need and connecting about to a want in your clients. Now, of course, the legislation does that for us. The Australian tax legislation and all of the compliance legislations that wrap around that, the clients know that they have to come in every year and have our have their tax done, otherwise they will go to jail. So we haven't had to do that education process. Of course, people who naturally might sell and value their the work that they do around this from a compliance point of view, you know, do get more success in actually, you know, engaging the clients and stuff. But fundamentally speaking, we didn't have to do that first step. So there's a significant part of our revenue process that we never had to learn. And now we have to learn it you know, going forward and have to get super comfortable with it quite quickly because, you know, going into advisory, into other areas and actually engaging in clients and things outside the lodgement of their tax returns or their compliance of actual have to compliance obligations requires the selling mindset. And we haven't got the framework in our training and our education to help us on this and what actually blocks us. It's one thing to do a sales course, and I did many but I wasn't actually understanding the selling mindset and what my blocks on it were. Now, there was a couple of things. The first one, and we'll summarize these into teachings at the end, but the first one that I really struggled with was valuing what you do. So you can't sell anything and you should never sell anything if you don't value what you do and you don't think you can help somebody. Now, as I said earlier, with tax and compliance, this wasn't a problem for me because I really valued it. I have seen and worked with clients though, who they may value it themselves, but they don't feel their clients value it. So they do find it difficult. So I'm going to make the assumption here that you guys value what you do um, on an everyday status and you understand the importance of that to your clients. But that, you know, wasn't a big struggle for me. But what was a struggle for me is when I started working in areas that either I haven't done myself so I'd have certainly done tax for myself and understood the importance. So I hadn't done myself, such as, you know, doing cash flows and the benefits of that. And when I first started out, you know, everyone was saying, do these strategic plans. Well, I'd never as a business owner um, in an accounting firm done that. So I'd never experienced, so I didn't understand the value of actually what I was doing. 
And then I didn't have a belief in the, first of all, the product and the belief in that I could actually do it because I'd never done it before. People were telling me it was easy to do and that may, may be true. It's not, but you know, I didn't feel that I had the skills or the credibility, if you like. And when you're selling and you're selling mindset, you have to be very confident in that for obvious reasons. So how did I get over that? Because it's such a big gap, if you think about it. If we having to go into new areas, and I'm not even talking about making a jump into strategic planning, et cetera, because I wouldn't recommend that at all. But maybe we're going into, particularly right now, people really need some planning around the cliff that's coming up. So there's cash flow there. And it's not just let's grab your last years and do 12 months. There's actually some art in there. It's not just science. And we've never really done that before. So we may not have the belief. We might have the belief that it needs to be done. We're not quite sure that what that looks like. So that makes it very hard to do. So how I got around it is I worked very hard. I did have to take some deep breaths early on. I think where I really actually benefited from this was actually, and I always say, do it yourself. So talking about the cliff one, grab your business's profit and loss and sale and cash flow, your accounting businesses, and actually do a cash flow forecast around the cliff. Actually, even if you're not having a cash flow problem, actually do the, the two weekly or three weekly, you know, survival cash flows for them, for yourself, and then get some confidence in what that looks like and what that actually feels like when you get to the end. So even if you're not struggling from a cash flow point of view, having a cash flow that will tell you that you should be okay or what the actual minimum amount of money that you have to make to stay afloat is super important and you'll start feeling what the value of that is. For me, I started really getting confidence when I actually did one of my steps, which I didn't realize at the time, but is now an integral part of our programs, which is the investigate step, when I actually did that with somebody else. So someone actually did it with me, and that was a financial planner that I met early on in my advisory process. And she said, well, why don't you sit down and do, you know, we do this lovely thing at the beginning of any kind of engagement that we do with people. We do a life plan for them. So we sit down, where do you want to go? What do you want to do from a personal point of view? You know, you might be able to do that with a business. And she took me through the process myself and said, well, Sam, you know, where do you want to sit in 10 years? What does that look like for you? What do you want to be doing? And really gave me, opened my eyes up to what it looks like to actually set a destination and actually get those gaps going. So then I went, well, gosh, if I could feel like that, what would somebody else? And then, you know, gave me some action plans, obviously, to finish it. And that's at the end of the day, strategy 101, connecting with what I really wanted, which was financial security and a financial fortress around my family and where I was now and how I might be able to get there and, you know, what are the first initial steps to take. So it really opened my eyes up to that as a a benefit and I've been doing that kind of thing with different coaches since then as well. But then it gave me the drive and the passion to understand why someone might value that from me and, you know, I broke it down into more financial strategy work, obviously, and, you know, business valuation work, because that's the, some of the areas I was coming from. And we were able then to put a gap program in where I was able to then get clients into that and get them confident and when actually get to know where they go. So then I had the confidence to then look at the next stages for those guys, 
which was the cash flows and the accountability meetings that were sort of the initial advisory programs that we put together. So that's how I got there. And I think that's exactly how, you know, I'll give you some tips and tricks on how you can actually do that yourself. Because if you're doing new stuff and you've never done it before, or you haven't had it done on yourself, you're not going to have the confidence. One of the reasons we have the confidence to sell tax, we understand deeply the benefit of it, minimizing the taxation, et cetera, because we do do it ourselves. We have our own tax returns. I hope you're doing it for yourself. And, or I don't actually do it myself anymore. But if you can actually experience yourself from somebody else, and I think sometimes that's why our programs can be so powerful because everything we do with an accounting firm, we would eventually want them to do with their clients as well. And if we can't give them the experience, we'll find somebody who can. So it's so powerful to get into that selling mindset of really believing in it because you can't have a selling mindset you can't sell if you don't believe in your product. And we certainly believe in our tax products, but as we shift away from the straight compliance processing products, we haven't done some stuff and we are going into a world, you know, going forward and going into, if you need to want to go into the advisory spaces, you probably haven't done it yourself or experienced yourself. You need to go and experience yourself. Another example of this, if you have financial planning in your firm, go and do some financial plans. So if you have planners in your firm, sit down with them and do it. If you're a planner listening and you don't understand tax, you know, sit down and do your tax or, you know, if you don't have complex ones, you know, maybe work through a client with the accountant. Either way, if you want to refer people, go through their process first. You can't sell other people's skills or if you, even if you know people need them, if you don't understand what their process is and what they actually deliver, you won't do it and you shouldn't. You just shouldn't. I will never refer or never sell anything I haven't experienced myself. And that really, really helps. I know this might take time, but it really, really helps because then you have this belief. The next stage of my journey, and honestly, that took a while to get to that point. And throughout that, I was actually learning some of the more rigorous disciplines around selling Selling like anything that you do and having a selling mindset really does has some attributes around discipline and routine. A lot of preparation and practice in the actual how you actually do it and a lot of curiosity and looking back on how you can actually do it better. And then the final one links in with obviously the discipline and routine of it, but it's going to stand on its own because it is fundamental in any sales is follow-up. We need to follow people up because, and this is where I struggle the most and I've still got and put a lot of framework in it. So I'm going to drill down a little bit on the six things that we need to focus on to really improve our selling mindset and to actually give us more confidence around it and know what it looks like. The first one, as I said, believe in what you do and value what you do. So if you don't value or believe in what you do, don't sell, as I've said previously. And the first one we'll drill down again, as I said in my story, is your every day. Now, if you do value what you do and you're hearing these things or you're thinking the following thoughts, this is where you need to get your mindset right and then maybe some of the skills so you can actually tell people. So if you're thinking, I'm not valued, my skills aren't valued, It may be because we haven't actually communicated what it is we actually do 
And to do that, we actually obviously need to believe. But I think if you do believe, you actually got to take that next step and actually have a conversation. And the second one, as I discussed then, in, you know, around the valuing and believing what you do, as I said, in my story is actually then focusing on new stuff that you're going to do and experience yourself. And if we put those two together, I just had a really interesting conversation with one of my clients yesterday and it really tweaked it. And I think it's worth repeating here, particularly around what we do every day and new stuff. So as we go forward right now, and I mentioned it before with the cash flows, is we might be talking to our clients about tax because the 2020s are coming in really quickly at the moment and then but realizing that perhaps there's a problem. So you might say, hey, we could do some cash flow work and they might say, yes, that's great. And you don't have the conversation around the sales conversation then or the, the selling conversation around, well, that's going to be in addition to your tax you know, it's going to take us a bit of work and we think it's going to cost $1,000. Is that something you want? So if you don't actually have that conversation, you disconnect. You don't actually allow the customer to go through the sales process. Now, I think one of the blocks here is the one I was talking about earlier is you're not really sure maybe if you haven't done a lot of cash flows or you're doing them on an ad hoc basis every time it's something different that you actually you know, have the framework and you can actually have that conversation. So again, you need to get confident in that first before you have that conversation. But it's that sales mindset of really going, I can help this person. How can I connect what I do with how I help this person and then give them the choice? Sales is all about people giving the choice that they're going to exchange something with something you have. So in this case, it's money for your time to actually do that. And the benefit for them is that they'll have clarity on cash flow to see if they get that. So if you don't go through that step and you don't have that mindset of actually having to open up that discipline to actually do that, what happens is that you go and do the work and this quite often happens. And this is where you stop the scope stuff. And then you go back and you give them a, a bill for $1,000 and I say, I wasn't expecting that. I thought that was in with the tax because we were talking about it at the same time. So This is how we actually start working out what's out of scope is actually breaking it down, separating and using the selling mindset of I really value what I do, but how can I be disciplined about the approach to actually go into there? So actually not having those conversations is a belief block, not necessarily a systems or process block in that. So got to believe that you can do those cash flows and you've got to believe that they're going to be a benefit And you've got to believe that your client's going to value it, but you've also got to give them the option to make the choice for themselves. So the next one is around discipline and routine. So this is again about what you do every day. So really selling and selling mindset is about approaching things in a systematic way and making time in your day. There's a reason why revenue and sales in most businesses is the first things people think about when they're either going into business, they do the sales and marketing first, or they get the salespeople on first because without the revenue flows, but we kind of go backwards in that. We'll get the advisory. And the thing that these guys do is they routinely, they really have a discipline around where they do their revenue related work in the sales calls. So one discipline that I got into early that I actually got off ANZ Bank is that I'll make my new sales calls or new contacts that could lead to further sales 
on a Monday. Now, it's not actually the perfect time to do it, but if I didn't get it out of the way, if I didn't do it first up, I wouldn't do it. So that routine and discipline has really held me in quite good stead. So there's that discipline. The next one is a practice and preparation. So we don't feel comfortable for this. So you've gone out and actually practiced your services, actually done it yourself with somebody else. But this is more about actually practicing and preparing for the conversations. So if we go back to the disconnect with the tax return and the cash flow as an example, a way you could prepare for that would be to say, okay, I'm going to ring this client about their tax queries, but I've noticed and I'm worried that while their income has you know, increased in September, so they probably won't get JobKeeper, but they're really relying on JobKeeper right now and they don't have enough. So I think that we really need to do some cash flow stuff with them. So you can practice what you would actually say before and prepare for it. So even script it out. So what's the purpose of the call? Hey, I'm just checking in to see if you're okay. I've got some queries only 2020. That's going along okay, but I want to talk to you about my main intention today is to talk to you about your cash flow. I'm a little worried about it. You know, do you have some time further down? Do you have some time right now to talk about what we could do to fix that if it's important to you? Or, you know, can we make a time later? So actually prepare for it and then actually prepare for that meeting. And if you go back through previous podcasts, there's one on, you know, how to frame that conversation. And in our next series, we're actually going to put practices around all these characteristics and attributes. And in the selling one, there will be some framework around that as well. But practice, have a quick think about what's going to happen. The last one is curiosity. So actually spend some time looking and reflecting back on a day or looking and reflecting back when you do have that conversation about, I did this work, but they're not going to pay for it and see what you might have been able to do better. Or was there opportunities that missed that need to be circled back on and get really curious as to what you could have done. You don't spend a good any time but five or 10 minutes and really get curious on it. And the final one is follow-up. This is a bit of a mindset because, and we put it in the mindset area because it's one that I struggled with as well with my mindset and how I actually messaged the follow-ups. Well, they haven't got back to me. They don't like me. They haven't got back to me. They don't want to do it. They haven't got back to me for various other reasons that are all related to me. And none of them, of course, are related to me. So particularly when you're working through the things that aren't compliance driven, people don't have to do them. And it's not at the frame of mind. They only think about us for about 5% of the year of that. And so they might not have thought about it. The first step in follow-up that you really need to do is actually when you have a meeting with a client and you have or a telephone call, actually grab the details, you know, take a couple of notes via email. And then if they did say, I would be interested in talking to you about cash flow, send them an email immediately saying, as discussed, let's talk about cash flow. I have some time available next week please note this is out of scope or whatever you want to say there, but, you know, as discussed. Or, uh, you know, then follow them up. If they don't reply to their email and say, go ahead, say, hey, I think it's really important, you know, do you want to follow up? And and then get in a rhythm of actually following up and some kind of system of it. And I can hear going, oh, what sort of technology should I use for that? But in the short term, you can just use diary notes. So just put it in your outlook because you're not going to do many of these. When you start, just do this once or twice a week just to be curious to see if you can actually get it going. 
So follow up and then continue to follow up and look for the no's when you're actually doing that. Say, hey, is it still important? Is it all right if I ring you again or whatever that means? But you must follow up. Gold, and there's a saying that says revenue and growth is made in the follow-up. There's a statistic. There's a statistic from a sales statistic. This is not an accounting one. This is a general worldwide sales statistic. Is most sales are made between touch 17 and 13, and most salespeople give up after touch two or three. So, And that's about, I think, 80% give up after two or three, so about 20% of great of good salespeople or good people with selling mindsets are getting the sales. And this is, I've learned this as well, because it's not on people's front of mind and it's not something they have to do. It is a vitamin purchase, not a Panadol. So we really need to work on our mindset, our follow-up mindset. The follow-up is actually super important and it's not, you have to follow up because it's not as important to them and it's actually not about you. It's usually about their situations. So let's just go through again what the attributes and the mindsets that we need to work on within it, within the selling mindsets. So value what you do. And that starts with your everyday and then anything new. Learn how to do it first so you really value what you do and you understand the value. Create discipline and routine around selling and that could just be one call a day, or it could be every time you hear the word cash flow, have a conversation. Whatever that is, create discipline and routine. And it's like any habit, you have to actually form it. Prepare and practice. So if this is uncomfortable, which it will be, practice. I still practice today and prepare, you know, get ready for the conversations. Use curiosity. So look back and be curious about what you could have done or if there are opportunities missed. Sometimes when you look at that, you can do a quick follow-up. And the last one is follow-up. And that's super important. And the mindset around the follow-up mindset is definitely, it's not about us and it's super important to do because that's where the gold is. And sometimes you can even make a bit of fun is to see if you can get over that number seven and just, just watch it work. Just watch it work. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you all weren't too uncomfortable talking about selling and selling mindset. As I said, it, it is a is a topic that was uncomfortable for me. It happens now that it's one of my superpowers, and I think that you'll find that that's true. And I think it becomes our superpower because we are experts, because we are masters of our craft, and we are really good at what we do. So it's super important that we go forward and we make ourselves more comfortable with this and also understand that it's actually human to sell and that selling is not about making the hard sale. It's about getting people to understand what you do and connecting it to what they want and then giving them the choice if they want to go ahead or not. And usually it's nothing to do with us. It's definitely that. So it is a superpower going forward, the selling mindset. So that's that ends our series in the characteristics of an in-demand accountant. I'm super excited that in three weeks, we're going to start a series, a six-step series around putting the practicalities into every one of those as to what you can do in your everyday and how you can build your muscles in a more practical way through that. The next two episodes coming up, 
I'm pleased to say, uh, with an interview that's gone over two episodes because of the length of it, because there's so much great information in it with Robert Jacobson from the Tax Institute. Robin has certainly helped us, a lot of us out through COVID with her fantastic drops on LinkedIn and is one of, I think she was the 2019 Thought Leader of the Year uh, from Accountants Daily and there's a lot of great reasons for that. So listen in, really enjoy it. Robin, I think, is an epitome of what an in-demand accountant is going forward. She values what she does. She values what we do. And she really has that mindset of really sharing that wealth of experience with her and then connecting it back to what everybody wants. So stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. Super excited of that. And then we'll start the more practical series on how we can make this happen in your everyday. Thank you so much. So please would love you to jump on and leave a comment on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. If you want to ask me any questions, please send me sam at blueprinthq.com.au. As I've always said, I love to talk to accountants. Please reach out with any questions that you might have or anything we might be able to help you with. And as always, continue the conversation and be brave. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.